Hi, this is Nick Forster. This week we're going to revisit a show from the early days of 2012. It's one of our favorites, and it starts right now. From the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, it's E-Town with this week's musical guests. From Brooklyn, New York, parachute shooter recording artist, The Spring Standards. And all the way from Sweden, Dead Oceans recording artist, The Tallest Man on Earth. I'm Helen Forster. Right now, please join me in welcoming Nick Forster. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody. Welcome to E-Town. We get together every week, listen to some live music. We got some great guests this week. Uh, two new artists, relatively young artists. One group is from New York. Both of them have kind of soaked up sounds of older music and older musicians and yet made those sounds their own with their own original stuff. Our first guest is from Sweden. Began studying classical guitar as a kid and then as a teenager discovered Bob Dylan. And that began a laser-like focus on all kinds of different styles of playing and singing and uh, songwriting. He's still in his 20s. He's just released his third uh, full-length CD, mostly recorded at home, accompanying himself on guitar and sometimes banjo. His tour in the U.S. is sold out, including two nights at the famed Town Hall in New York. We're very lucky to have gotten him to stop by and visit us here in E-Town. Please welcome to the stage, for his first time ever, Tallest Man on Earth. Oh, my Lord, why am I? 
perhaps I'll reach the other side Why are you stabbing my illusion? Just cause I stole some eagle's wings Because you named me as your Christian Madsen, tallest man on earth from Dalarna, Sweden. Could you tell me just a little bit about, um, about your hometown? It's north of Stockholm, northwest, right? Yeah, it's like three hours northwest. It's actually a mining community, isn't it, a little bit? Not right where I live, but there's a big copper mine that was the money of the region. But, I mean, it's rolling blue hills and rivers. and Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And were your parents uh, into music? And, and you had music, a bunch of records in your house? Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of records in my house. And, uh, and when I was a kid, the lullabies were, yeah. you know, a lot of old Swedish folk tunes that are yeah. pretty dark. <laughs> yeah. Comforting for kids as they're about to go to sleep, I suspect, yeah. Yeah, it's great, you know. <laughs> I, I can't help but no, notice that, that from that region of Sweden, it seems like there's an awful lot of death metal bands that come out of that part of your native land. Yeah. Maybe that's the reason, right? Maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, it's, you know, it's also dark all yeah. winters, you know. Right, that's... right. Well, you must have, you're a really, really good guitar player, so you must have started playing when you were pretty young. Did you study or, or I guess I heard that you studied classical music for a little while. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I, I started with the clarinet, you know, and then went on to the guitar. And because we have that in Sweden, we can uh, get music, like your individual music classes right. that's connected to school. But you know, when you're a kid, you know, it just feels like a part of school. Right. So you, know, so you just bring your guitar every Thursday and like, yeah. you play that. But so it was not until like in my teens that I really started to like playing the guitar, you know? Yeah, it wasn't a chore, it wasn't like a yeah. duty. Yeah. And then you, uh, when you were 15, you heard, you heard Bob Dylan. Yeah. What happened? What did that feel like? Was it? Was it the whole package? Was it the singing? Was it the songs? What was it that grabbed you when you, were, when you first heard that music? Yeah, I, I don't know. Is it some sort of comfort or inspiration? You know, something that just feels right. I mean, yeah. it should be better ways to explain it, but you know. But you knew it when you heard it. Yeah. Um, I, I got a chance to hear you play maybe two or three years ago and, and just seeing you on a stage in a big hall with a big crowd by yourself with, with a guitar. Uh, it's, there's not a lot of people who can do that and be a commanding performer like that. You've been in bands. Can you envision doing this with 
accompaniment or is this a really kind of a, a personal way of performing that you're... No, I could totally envision that, you know. I mean, there's so many great things you could do with a band and that might happen soon or might not because now I'm going to keep on touring by myself because you get this, um, your own sphere on stage. Mm-hmm. You have your little family there. But if it's just you on stage, you have no one, so it's just the crowd out there. You want to be part of them, so. And that's, yeah. And then it's, and then when it works, it's, you know, it feels great. Mm -hmm. It's both personal and universal and really intimate, and you're connecting with the audience, and they obviously get it, so that's, it's hard to do. So I just want to mention that if you're listening and if you have a chance, there's not many chances this year, but keep your eyes open if you get a chance to catch a live performance from The Tallest Man on Earth. Definitely a great idea. Anything else you want to share with, um, you know, the folks here or the folks on the radio? I I think I'm better at playing than talking. Well, thank you for joining us. Thanks for coming. Get back to music. Welcome back. Tallest Man on Earth.
what she dragged across the floor And I'm something with these trails I just did fret Since they shook the earth in 1904 man on earth. We'll be back. Play some more music later on in the show. From Golan to Sweden, the CD is called There's No Leaving Now. We will be back with more music from the tallest man on earth, plus the Achievement Award and music from the Spring Standards after a short break. This portion of E-Town is made possible by the Bohemian Foundation, building stronger communities through the Bohemian qualities of creativity and imagination. On the web at bohemianfoundation.org. As a reminder, for your viewing pleasure, there are over 2,000 videos on the E-Town YouTube channel, where you can also subscribe in order to stay up to date with our latest offerings. And if you're curious about E-Town's home base, E-Town Hall, our beautiful solar-powered music venue, community center, and recording studio located in downtown Boulder, Colorado, you can learn more about it on our website, etown.org. You're listening to E-Town. Nick Forster, this is E-Town, tallest man on earth. He's going to be back later on to play some more music. And coming up in just a minute, a great trio of young singers uh, now living in New York City. The Spring Standards are here and going to play a bunch of music. Before we bring them out, though, every week we get a chance to tell you about somebody that we learned about from one of our listeners. There are always stories about folks just in their hometowns and in their communities looking around and finding a way to make a difference, make a, a dent in some problem or help in some way. And uh, we get to share those stories on the air and give those folks some recognition. Something called the Achievement Award, made possible with uh, the support of the Bohemian Foundation. Here comes Helen to tell you about this week's winner. Thank you, Nick. 
This week's nominator is Ginger McDougall of Memphis, Tennessee, who listens to E-Town on WEVL. And Ginger's nominating Alexandria Ralat of Lakewood, Colorado. From a very early age, Alexandria was taught to help others less fortunate than she. She thanks her mother for instilling her with that attitude of giving. As an adult, Alexandria became a teacher. And uh, for the past several years, she's taught at an elementary school in a low-income neighborhood. Well, she began to notice something with her students. Many of the children in her class were demonstrating behavioral problems, aggression, agitation, exhaustion, and they were having a hard time focusing. Now, further observation over time revealed that the cause was not that these kids were bad kids. It was simply because they were hungry. It's hard to believe, but in the United States, nearly 25% of children live at or below the poverty level. It's a sobering statistic, basically one in four. Well, Alexandra decided she needed to help her students who were going hungry, and she set out to do that. Well, little did she know that taking a simple first step would evolve into what has become a full-blown effective program. And I'm happy to say that Alexandra is here with us in person to tell us more about that. So please join me now in welcoming this week's Achievement Award winner, Alexandra Ralat. Um, first of all, you could help us get a kind of a better picture of, of what it's like for these kids that you're in school with. Apparently, a lot of them don't have a lot in their families, right? No. I work at the poorest school in Jefferson County, which is the largest district in Colorado. In my particular school, Mulholm Elementary, there's about 450 students. The families that are in my food pantry make $9,000 a year gross or $750 a month, which is really tough because most of the families are very large, four, five, six individuals. Right. So um, one in 10 at my school is actually homeless living wow. in shelters and motels and parks. And so the school lunch program must be a huge, I mean, it's sort of like the anchor for these kids in their terms of their nutrition, right? Yes. The free and reduced lunch rate at my school is 94%. Wow. And so you connected the dots between some behavioral issues and the fact that they didn't have enough to eat. When I first came to Mulholm Elementary, I was a third grade teacher, and I noticed that a lot of the kids had a behavioral problems and they couldn't focus. And what I realized is that these kids weren't eating. So the next day I had a granola bar and I was eating it and I saw this like eyes, like little sharks just following my snack. And I thought, God, these kids are hungry and having come from a very large family, you always feed everyone. That's the right thing to do. So uh, I started a small um, food pantry in my classroom. Mm -hmm. Initially, I set aside $100 a month to start. Wow, that you were coming up with yourself. Yes. Yeah. Was it enough? $100 a month? No. Wasn't enough to make a difference for all the kids? No. Um, Initially, I went home in tears, and I talked to my husband, and I said, you know, this isn't right. Yeah. And we started a nonprofit, started applying for some government grants, which we got, and started talking to people in the neighborhood, and they started giving us donations. Wow. And so I suspect things grew pretty quickly. And this is more than just your classroom at this point, right? right? So this, you're now you're throughout the whole school. Right. I feed 350 families a month wow. and emergency food boxes, too. Wow. That's cool. I'm Nick Forrester. You're listening to E-Town. I'm speaking with this week's Achievement Award winner, Alexandria Rallat. Uh, t- well, tell me the sources of the food in general, because it's probably coming from several different places. Yes. I donate a yeah. large portion of my income as a teacher, which, you know, teachers don't make very much. And I also have government grants coming in. 
I also have wonderful donors that donate money to me so I can turn a dollar into 10 pounds of food from Food Bank of the Rockies. And then every night from nine to midnight, my husband and I take turns doing grocery rescue, which means I go around to different grocery stores and I pick up food that is imperfect. It's organic, but you know it's bruised or is at the bottom of the pallet. And that's what I give to my families because I want them to have the best. Wow, so you're getting organic food that would have otherwise been discarded. Composted at best, Composted, but, yeah. but the grocery stores yeah. that I go to are very green and they know that it's perfect for me. And so uh, you're not getting a lot of sleep, but you're addressing something that you're very passionate about. Yeah, I need some volunteers. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, do you have some volunteers? Uh, I do. Um, the lifeblood of my volunteer base are kids. Uh, the youngest is in preschool. Wow. And my oldest <laughs> is in high school. I'm nervous. <laughs> oh. You're doing great, and it's a great story. It's an amazing story, actually. I mean, I think the teachers in general don't get enough credit. You know, teachers in general work hard, give what they have, give what they can, don't get paid a lot, have a lot of responsibility. What I, what and, I wanted and, to say is I have 40 kids that volunteer in my pantry. The youngest is a little girl who's in preschool. She cries if she doesn't get to come and pass out the bread. And my oldest is in high school. Um, another boy is applying to the Air Force Academy. And I don't know about you, but most teenagers don't want to spend their Friday nights picking up food with their teacher that they had in third grade. So I think that's kind of cool. Oh, it's really cool. It's really cool. Now, Alexandria, I... I... Uh, it sounds like you're still, I mean, you're still volunteering yourself. Yes. In so, the summers, is 40 hours a week plus. And when did you start all this? 2005. 2005. And from 2005 to 2011, we've passed out a million pounds of food. Wow. We're proud that you've joined us and you shared your story with us. We've got a... Uh, We've got a framed uh, Achievement Award certificate for you. I just want to mention that the, the name of the organization that you started, what is it? Feeding Minds, Enriching Lives, Grassroots Colorado. Yeah. Again, Alexandria, congratulations. Thank, Thank you, you for being such a caring teacher Thank who's you. been doing so much for so many. The winner of this week's Achievement Award, Alexandria Rilat. The organization is called Feeding Minds, Enriching Lives, Helping Students and Their Families. The Achievement Award is made possible by a grant from the Bohemian Foundation, building stronger communities through the Bohemian qualities of creativity and imagination. Many thanks to E-Town listener nominator Ginger McDougall of Memphis, Tennessee. She'll receive an E-Town gift bag from us for writing in with this week's story. Now, if you're listening and you'd like to nominate someone for an Achievement Award, you can do that on our website, etown.org. You can learn more about our, uh, this week's winner and, and some of our more recent winners there as well. And you can even hear this entire interview again if you want to. So check out the website or you can contact us the old-fashioned way at Box 954, Boulder, Colorado, 80306. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, Alexandria. Great story. Love those stories. 
We have, as I mentioned, more music coming up from Tallest Man on Earth. Right now, I want to tell you about our next guests, uh, James Clear, Heather Robb, and James Smith have been uh, singing together since they were teenagers back in the sort of Delaware and uh, Pennsylvania part of the country. A few years later, they all moved to New York City and began again, this time with uh, just, you know, new original material and, and uh, some recordings under their belt. They began to tour, opening for different bands. They played that crazy party that is South by Southwest, and they got a shot at the uh, Conan O'Brien TV show. And this lovely momentum, and with good reason, these guys really have a great sound. Please welcome to E-Town for their first visit, the Spring Standards.
We're going to invite the one and only Nick Forster to join us for this next song. Get on up here, friend. Everyone here is so talented. As soon as we got here, we were just like, will you play with us on more? Just play with us on everything. So we wrangled him into learning this one in about 15 seconds, and, uh, and he plays it better than we do. So that's a good feeling. That spring standards, huh? New York City, 
But really, Delaware and Pennsylvania. Heather, thank you. You're the spokesperson for the band today. <laughs> yes, today. We alternate. I'm sure you do. I'm sure mm -hmm. you do. Um, boy, you sound good singing together, the three of you. Thanks. We've been doing it for a while. I, in, in ways, we're more like a family band than just a band that started singing. You know, I feel like there's some blood connection there. Yeah, you tease each other on the road and oh all my that gosh. kind of stuff, like and siblings. Just, yeah hate each other <laughs> like siblings no I, I say that with so much love I mean I just <laughs> like siblings yeah yeah just like siblings no we really do I mean it's like like some kids on yeah. a summer road trip is kind of the 25 you were kids when you started right you were like 16 yeah when I met these guys we were uh, 15 and 15. they had been playing together already at that point and uh, had some songs you know some original songs and then a bunch of covers and you know one thing led to another it was very yeah. strange the way it happened what kind of songs, what kind of covers were you doing in those days? Oh, gosh, no, it's so... Come I on, mean, come on. We definitely did some Hootie and the Blowfish. All right, okay. I'm got, not proud. <laughs> got that out of your system. But then, I mean, the obvious ones, I mean, I think the first song we learned was Sweet Baby James, yeah. which we still, you know, perform every so often for our parents, mm -hmm. who just get all giddy. Did you perform that when you, when you were 15 years old? Were you out playing and playing for an yeah, audience? Yeah, doing like, you know... Um, you know, town art fairs yeah. and mostly just basements yeah. of friends. Yeah. And the biggest gig we did was a folk festival, the Turtle Dove Folk Festival, and Nickel Creek was headlining. And, oh. um, and so the kids were taking over. They were yeah. about twelve at the time. Yeah, was, they yeah. were. They were not much older than us at that yeah. point, and we just were like over the moon that we got to hang yeah. out with them backstage and stuff. So, oh, that's cool. And yeah. then so New York City a few years later, and yeah. then you decided to give it a give it a go again in a different, whole different way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just kind of you know like a bad penny you just can't get rid of, and we just thought there was something to the fact that the three of us just kept on finding each other and singing together and it just kept feeling really good so um well i know you've done a lot of opening acts for other bands and being on tour and that's a tough gig isn't it being you know generally speaking of course the pairing makes a big difference but it's a tough opportunity to play in front of somebody else's audience um, it is you know but we absolutely love opening for other bands it's the best way to sort of um get your road legs under you, deal with noisy crowds, deal with people that don't give a crap, deal with people that you have to win over, you know? I mean, and mm -hmm. people come up to us in the merch table and they're like, you know, usually I don't even listen to the opening groups, but, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Or they're like, hey, I didn't listen to you, mm -hmm. but I'm sure you were fine. Right. <laughs> uh, no, but actually I think that uh, it is a tough gig, but if you can really find the ways that it works for you, it's the best opportunity that you can be given as a young band yeah. so we're grateful for it yeah i know you've got this new cd that's actually kind of like a double ep yeah which um struck me as sort of like the old way of making a vinyl record where you really have side yeah. a and side b and you sort of curate those two pieces as separate experiences for your listeners is that sort of what you were thinking absolutely that was a big part of it um for us we really wanted to think about these two eps as from an artistic perspective can we create a mood as defined by a color. Um, both uh, EPs are titled colors. One is yellow, one is gold. Can we sort of come up for ourselves with a definition of what that color means and then write within that spirit and, and then see what happens? And, and uh, it's, yeah. it's out now and it it's, 
getting some good attention and you guys yeah. are on the road and yeah so so things are going well yes things yeah. are going great we're well, happy yeah well i'm glad you had the time to, to visit us here oh it's a pleasure yeah. and uh, we got lots more music to get to so yeah um welcome back thanks if you Peter. would the spring standards thanks heather so now thanks so now we'd like to uh to uh, invite to the stage Nick and Helen and the E-Tones. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome them if you would. And again, we were just completely in awe when we were like, hey, will you join us on this? And then in like two minutes, they had charts written and knew every part and blew us away with their prowess. So, okay. Everywhere 
paper walls let the night time through and there ain't enough to share so tell your mama that you gotta go even though it's cold outside it's the only place that you know it's a heavy home Thank you, Nick and Helen and E. Tones. That was beautiful. Hey, the Spring Standards from Brooklyn, New York. James Clear, James Smith, and Heather Robb. The CD is called Yellow Gold. The Spring Standards. They're going to be back at the very end for our big finale. We'll be back with more music from the tallest man on earth after a short break. Your visit to E-Town is made possible in part by the Scientific and Cultural Facilities District, or SCFD, one of the largest cultural funding mechanisms in the United States, supporting nearly 300 organizations in the greater Denver area. And by our diverse family of NPR affiliates and community stations, plus college and commercial stations, as well as our international stations and podcast subscribers worldwide. Thank you for your continued support. If you happen to tune in late and you've missed some of this week's program, the E-Town Podcast will have this episode and others, along with content from past shows as well. It'll be available for free in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, and other podcast directories. You're listening to E-Town. I'm Nick Forster. I'd like to say hello to our listeners who are hearing E-Town on stations like WMKY in Moorhead, Kentucky, on KOPN in Columbia, Missouri, and on KACU in Abilene, Texas. As always, if you'd like more information about any of the things we're up to here at E-Town, lots of information is available at etown.org. It's been a nice bunch of stuff from a bunch of uh, talented young people this week, inspiring uh, creativity, and, and it's nice to see all this good stuff percolating. And without further ado, help me welcome back to the stage the tallest man on earth. Come 
faint and crooked smile had to leave and when you paint it like a warrior though you know it's a raining wall when the first you spoke but wasn't really sure was your heart man on earth from Dalarna, Sweden that was the title song the CD is called There's No Leaving Now we're going to bring out the spring standards and uh, we've got one more song picked out for you we want to thank all of our guests this week, we've had a blast thanks to the spring standards coming out from Brooklyn 
I want to thank our award winner, Alexandria Rilat, connecting food and other goods with children and families in need. As a school teacher, she's doing a great job. Thanks to Helen Forster and the E-Tones. Thanks to, again to the tallest man on earth. Thanks to all of you guys for joining us here in E-Town for our little family show. We've got a special song, Compliments of Frank Sinatra, suggested by, by Christian. I'm Nick Forster. Hope you can be with us next week right here in E-Town. organization. To make an Achievement Award nomination or get tickets to a live taping, send an email to info at etown.org, visit our website, etown.org, write us at Box 954, Boulder, Colorado, 80306, or connect with us on Twitter or on Facebook at facebook.com slash etownradio. The distribution of Etown is made possible by our family of sponsors, this station, and listeners like you. But I'll keep Left last week for 
Etones, tallest man on earth. Thanks to all of you. This is a production of Etown. Well, there you have it. That is one of my favorite finales that we've ever recorded. A song called Seasons, made famous by Frank Sinatra. I had a great time playing lap steel on that, but the band just sounded great. Tallest man on earth, of course, and the spring standards. I'm Nick Forster. Thank you for listening. <laughs>